This week's episode is brought to you by Campaign Refinery, an amazing new email marketing automation tool. Look, in the world of digital marketing, there's a lot to keep track of. We all know this. As much as we're in love with social media and the power of social conversation here at Social Link and on the All About Digital Marketing podcast, we are well aware at just how powerful email marketing can be. Email marketing is not dead. In fact, it's never been more important to help you leverage your presence everywhere else into the one channel that you'll own, regardless of what changes Facebook, Twitter, or any other platform makes in the future. I've known the founder, Travis Ketchum, for years, and he's been a past guest on the podcast, episode 15, if you want to listen to it. I've personally used his other products before, and they've been fantastic. The amount of thought that he's put into each and every one of what he's created has been incredible. I'd highly encourage you to try their free 14-day trial at campaignrefinery.com to see what world-class email marketing automation can do for you and your business. Massive thank you to Travis and Campaign Refinery for their support of the All About Digital Marketing show. Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, a digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward-thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno, and as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Jason, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Chris. Absolutely delighted to be here. So Jason, you're going to educate me today and probably a lot of our guests because we're going to be talking about something that is particularly niche, but at the same time is pretty much applicable to every single person who's listening to the show and pretty much every single business that's out there. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Yeah, I, I'm, I come from a, a, the north of England, born in Leeds, brought up in a tiny town near Leeds called Otley. Absolutely hated it. Uh, went to Liverpool to university and loved Liverpool. I thought Liverpool was wonderful. I actually played in the Cavern Club and went to the same university as John Lennon, which is pretty cool. Uh, then moved to Paris, joined a punk folk band. We toured around Europe for seven or eight years, making albums. So I'm actually a musician. I'm a double bass player and a singer. Then moved to Mauritius to make cartoons for kids. Mauritius, which is just off the coast of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. Um, I, I was a blue dog in a cartoon. My wife was a yellow koala. Um, that was an awful lot of fun, very silly. Um, and that's how I got into digital, because it was actually online. Because um, we couldn't get it published by any publishers or record companies, we decided to make a website. We made it in Flash, if anybody remembers that, which was killed by Steve Jobs or semi-killed by Steve Jobs and has finally met its death in 2020. And I've made games and songs and activities and animations in Flash for seven or eight years until 2008. And we ended up with 5 million visits a month 
to a site for kids, which is phenomenal. 100 million paid views a month. And in 2008, with the internet infrastructure that existed at the time, actually dealing with 100 million page views a month was quite technically difficult, and I had to do it myself. So I got a very wide kind of range of skills, not because I particularly wanted to, but because I was in Mauritius and there wasn't anyone else to help me with that. And then when that ended, I moved into digital marketing. And in fact, the reason I'm obsessed by brand SERPs and knowledge panels is because I got back to France because I live in France and I'm now French and British at the same time. And I couldn't get enough clients. I would go into meetings. I would sell myself. I would go, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. Great. And they would, I would walk out and they would go, yes, yes, we're on board. And I would only sign 50%. And then I realized when I talked to them afterwards, they said, actually, we looked you up online. All we saw was this blue dog. And of course, we're not going to work with a blue dog for our digital marketing. So I then thought, right, I need to get the blue dog demoted and I need to promote the digital marketing side. And it took me about six months. And actually what happened is my conversion rate post-meeting went from 50% to 80%. And nobody argued about my prices anymore because what they saw was not a blue dog, but a digital marketing expert. And that was the start of this whole story. And I honestly thought, this will take me three or four months. I'm a good SEO. I can sort this out. And that was seven years ago. And literally seven years on, every day, I learned something I didn't know about brand SERPs and knowledge panels. And it's such a deep rabbit hole, you wouldn't believe it. So I have so many questions. So many questions. That was quite a good summary, wasn't it? I just had a decent summary. Phenomenal summary. And the (laughs) content of it, like it'd be hard to make it sound bad. Like what an incredible journey and an incredible career. Yeah. Oh, I well, I don't wash my socks every day. That okay, fair bad. play. There you go. I knew there had to be something wrong. That, that, that was what I could, the only thing I could think of. And as we all do, I just looked around. The first thing I saw across the other side of the room is a pair of socks sitting on the edge of the sofa. And I have no imagination, just like everybody else. So I said, socks, dirty socks, bad thing, great. And if it had been something else, if it had been a dirty coffee cup, I would have said, I never do my washing up. <laughs> well, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, that, first of all, phenomenal. Like, I think that was an amazing story in terms of, you know, so many different things, so many different places. And the next thing is I'm now going to spend the next week looking for the blue dog that you've hidden on the internet somewhere, uh, because I think that's awesome still. I Ooh, think that's can a, I, can a really I, Can cool I just story. make a point? I actually haven't hidden it. I'm working with a company called WordLift who do semantic SEO. They do uh, knowledge graphs, knowledge panels. They, I mean, they're, they're the entity-based search company. And we've built the blue dog and yellow koala family tree. So if you search for Buwa or koala or daddy koala, who's koala's father, or mummy koala, who's the mother, it will understand and it will show you. If you search for daddy koala, it will say significant other, mummy koala. And we've been working on this experiment for about eight months. And we have built in Google's brain, the family tree of a blue dog and a yellow koala who are best mates. Isn't that cool? Isn't that fun? This is, uh, this is one, one, obviously I'm guessing it's another showcase of how good the the SEO elements to these things are. But secondly, I absolutely, to be honest with you, if I was you, I wouldn't have been hiding it. It would have become my personal logo. It would have just been a blue dog everywhere. (laughs) And if I went to meetings, I'd have the blue dog on a t-shirt. And yeah, 
I think that's fantastic, personally. Yeah, you would have owned it. And I was I was desperately trying to survive, to be honest, financially. I mean, when you're talking to a company, uh, I won't name any companies, but a big telecoms company, they're going, we don't want to work with a blue dog, unfortunately. But I think you're right. Um, it, I would much rather be accepted for who I am, a blue dog, and work with people who I love. Um, but, you know needs must well i think it's still a great story and i like the idea of the blue dog um okay cool so we're going to talk a little bit about serps and for everyone listening and that doesn't know what serp means s-e-r-p search engine results page brilliant between the two of us we managed to get that one search engine results page uh, on google i mean i think we forget also microsoft exists bing five percent maybe perhaps a little bit less. Uh, Bing like to suggest that they're much bigger in the B2B space, i.e. within companies, uh, than we tend to imagine. So I, I don't underestimate Bing. Uh, but obviously, Google is the big player. Uh, what appears on Google is phenomenally important to everybody. Uh, obviously, we're obsessed by these, these keywords. Uh, and if I talk to a client, they say, I want to rank for buy red shoes because they want to sell lots of red shoes. And what they forget is that people are also searching for their brand name. And they, they kind of think, yeah, that's easy. Obviously, I rank number one. But then how good do you look? Is it positive? Is it accurate and convincing? And I'm not talking about that first result just because people do look further down the page. And so I like to say Google is your new business card. And that's my experience is that when I talk to people, they would then search my name on Google, my name would come up, uh, and I need to make sure that it represents what I want them to see at this time, which right now is being a digital marketer rather than the blue dog. People, very important. Brands, incredibly important. Uh, especially for brands, a lot of the time people will search your brand name to navigate to your site. They're already clients. They're already your customers. And they use it as a navigational tool. And that means they see your brand up potentially multiple times per day. And if it's great, they're going to stick around. If it's bad, they might well jump ship. So I think that's really important. And John Mueller from Google was saying that this year people or brands should start to look at uh, pool searches. They call them pool searches. Basically, pool searches are brand searches. He's saying... Okay, it's great to rank for red shoes or buy red shoes, but you really want people to understand who you are and what you do and search for your brand explicitly. I think there's a lot to be said for this because, like you mentioned, it's not just, okay, cool, I rank for my brand name. And actually, like you said, a lot of people rank for their brand name, right? Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, especially if unless you've got one of those names that you basically copied off of another company that was copied off another company and so on and so forth. Yeah. But the, the reality is if you've chosen something fairly um, limited, when we chose social Inc back in 2014, there's another I think there's a social enterprise company based out of the, uh, the U S that's social dash Inc.com. Uh, we're social Inc.co. We come up first. Now, when you type in social Inc, we're quite happy about that. But the reality is you can quickly distinguish who's who, which one of us is the digital marketing agency, which one is the social enterprise. And you've, you've brought up a really good point kind of indirectly. Sorry to interrupt, but no, no, the other companies in the US, you're in the UK. You will find that in the US, you probably don't come up first. They probably do. And, and the, this whole thing about searching for brand names is very geo-sensitive. And I think we forget that. 
So you have a, a, a multiple problem. You have well, multiple problems as a brand or as a person. You have the geo aspect, i.e. somebody will come up in one country but not in another country. And my example would be Jason Barnard. If you search my name now on Google, everywhere in the world except San Francisco, you will see a knowledge panel. I will be first. I will dominate. You will see nobody else because I've worked on it because I've made a lot of effort. There's a footballer. There's an ice hockey player. There's a pastor. There's there's all sorts of people. But in San Francisco, there's a guy, a professor at San Francisco Golden Gate University, and he comes up above me in San Francisco. And that's the right thing for Google to be doing. I mean, obviously, my ego takes a big hit there, but Google is doing the right thing because it's more probable that the person is looking for him and not for me. And in your case, in terms of a brand, if your brand name is unique, no problem. If it isn't unique, if it's ambiguous in the sense that there are other companies with that same name, in America, they will appear. In the UK, you will appear. In Australia, maybe somebody else will appear. Uh, Brands tend to be geographically relatively unique because of copyright or trademark law. But what I love about this situation is it's turned everybody on their heads. Everybody who chose a keyword rich brand name in the middle of the, the noughties because it helped them to rank in Google at the time is now in deep trouble because there is enormous ambiguity it's very difficult to dominate your own brand SERP if your company is called Red Shoes, for example. So there's a couple of things. One, you're now making me kind of think to myself, crap, I should really check what happens when we do search for social link and what comes up. And then also, I mean, so there's so many different elements to this. So we obviously... It's mad, isn't engine- I told you after seven years, you're still digging down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And, and you, you, your head never comes out to, to get any air. Sorry. No, I can imagine. And to be honest with you, I, I think the same is true to a certain extent for social media marketing or for for a lot of the subjects, actually, because I think now marketing is so wide. We were talking mm. about this the other day on a live stream with uh, a colleague from work. And basically, we were talking about the idea that if you were going to try and get into digital marketing today, you're looking for that T-shape. So you basically want a very shallow understanding of all the different parts of marketing. Yep. And then you want a depth of understanding on one, maybe two of those different parts. And the reality is that you have to be that way. It's near impossible to keep up with everything and be a digital marketer like we were maybe 10 years ago. And I think that the reasons for that is, you know, even just now Mm. per, per channel or per platform, it's become a nightmare. You know, you want to do well on Facebook, you need to be good at video. You need to be good at imagery and graphics. You need to be able to resize stuff and do things properly because you can't just throw one thing up everywhere. You've got four, five, six different types of ways of doing it. Then you need to start figuring out live and live streaming and how to make Mm -hmm. that better and then get your lighting and right for your video looks a bit better. And then all of these things add up and you're like that, this is impossible. So, and I actually, I went on a rant earlier today on Facebook in one of the groups that I'm in for business owners. I honestly can't imagine you ranting. You've got such a lovely smile and such a lovely demeanor. The the idea that you are ranting is interesting. Well, it was, um, it was basically because somebody put up something along the lines of how much, uh, how much should I be paying for my social media managing management or a social media manager? And I was like that, how long is a piece of string? 
I was like, how long have you, how long have you got? I was like, do you have a strategy? Do you know your person, your audience persona? Do you know what your target audience is? Do you know what your objectives are? Do you know how you're trying to get your goals? Do you know your lifetime value of a customer? So you can figure out how much you can spend mm-hmm. on advertising. And it just went on. And I did a list of about 15 questions that just came to the top of mind. And I was like that, but I do love the fact that a load of these people have already answered. I'll do it for 15 quid an hour. And I was like that, what are you going to do for 15 quid an hour? What does social media management mean these days? And I think this is where the industry that we both work in has just, it's changing at a pace now that is almost difficult to keep up with. Like you said, seven years in, you're still learning on an almost daily basis. And that doesn't include the big changes, right? Like algorithm changes or whatever else that come along. Two interesting things. Sorry, I'm I'm interrupting, but I'm getting a bit overexcited. Two interesting things. Glenn Gabe did this big article about the update in Google in December. And it was really interesting. And I was terribly tempted to read the details of the article to try to understand. And then it suddenly occurred to me, actually, I don't care. In brand SERPs, algorithm updates in Google make absolutely or very little dif- difference at all. So in fact, I actually ended up writing to Glenn Gabe and saying, these changes are really interesting, but in the world of brand SERPs, I don't actually care because it doesn't actually change what appears for your brand name if you've done a decent, half-decent job of explaining to Google who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is, because that's what Google wants to show you on the brand SERP. Your audience searches your brand name. It wants to show you who the brand is, what they do, to the correct audience. Obviously, it needs to understand the audience in in order to be able to actually present the right content and where to find you which in local search is phenomenally important, but even on, on less local search, where's your site? Where do I want to go to on the site? All of this is incredibly important. And the algorithm updates actually make very little difference. So I'm isolated from that. But as you just said, and that, that's kind of what, what got me excited, is I want to understand and I want to look into all this. And it's so difficult to say to yourself, stop looking at that. It's nothing to do with my particular rabbit hole. That's somebody else's rabbit hole. Uh, and focus on my rabbit hole. So actually, let's talk a little bit about your rabbit hole in the sense of, for everyone listening, what are some of the key things that they absolutely must do to help themselves and their brand searches? Right. Well, I mean, the first thing to do is if somebody's searching your brand, they know who you are. They're either a client or a prospect or a journalist or a potential hire or potential partner. I mean, the the big group is your clients and your potential clients or your prospects. First thing is you have to rank number one. In the geo region, and we come back to that, in the geo region you're interested in. Number two is you need those rich site links. Rich site links are the blue links with little descriptions underneath, and it takes up about a third of the entire height of the SERP. And the two reasons for that, number one is that you control that content. And number two is that it allows your users to get to parts of your site, such as your blog or the login page or the about us page or, you know, category pages or specific product pages if you you sell more of one product than another, immediately from the Google SERP without going through your homepage. And what I find with a lot of my clients is that their homepage is absolutely rubbish. The homepage is not a final destination. The homepage is a a means to get somewhere else within your site. And what those rich site links do is avoid the need to go through the homepage. So you do want them, A, for control, but also for user experience. Gets your users, your audience, to their goal faster, quicker, more efficiently. And below that, you want your social accounts because you semi-control them. 
if you've got reviews, great reviews, they're nice to have, but not necessarily important. But you were talking about content strategy. If you've got videos, if you're making videos, you've got, you're investing in videos, you should have video boxes. Those video boxes represent your company in an incredibly visual manner. And if they appear, it means that Google has understood that your videos are representative of your brand and are valuable and relevant for your audience. And if you're investing in videos and you don't have video boxes, it means that either your videos are rubbish and they're not engaging your audience or Google simply hasn't understood, in which case it's up to you to explain and to demonstrate to Google that your videos are really good, really engaging and really valuable for your audience. So that's a typical brand SERP. It's saying, I want this result to be positive, accurate, and convincing. And most of all, in order to do that, I need to control it. And you'd be surprised at how well you can control it. Once again, search my name and you'll see it's controlled. So I actually did the opposite. I searched for my company name and uh, I'm sad. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you sad. Uh, You know, I've been having a good day up until now, Jason. Um, So I I appreciate this. Uh, We'll take this conversation offline afterwards and see what I need to do to help. (laughs) But um, and we do create a lot of video contents that also made me sad because I thought, well, obviously our content's crap and it doesn't come up as a video box. I wish I hadn't said that now. Moving on. The good news is, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this, is that I believe that it is a constant journey. And if I can learn something from this, then so can you. So we're going to talk a little bit now about how do I fix this, Jason? How do I do better? Brilliant. Wonderful question. And actually, really simple answer is that your site is the source of information of about you and what's important about you. So my bet would be that your videos are not sufficiently valorized, if we can say that. They're not sufficiently pushed forwards on your own website. That's typically a problem. I'm not saying that is necessarily the problem, and I haven't looked at your hundred percent. Our videos aren't even on our website. Most of them, maybe oh, a few go. of them I get featured it. in. Maybe a few <laughs> of them get featured on like blog posts as part of a some topic that we're talking about. But yeah, but that actually is really interesting as a, as a point. I mean, I was making a, an educated guess, but the educated guess turns out to be right. But that is an important point: is that your website is the pivot or the hub of all the content you create. And all the content you push out there needs to link back in some way to your website so that Google has this kind of crutch, this central uh, repository of everything that you do. So if you're pushing all this content onto social, which is great, it has to hook back to your website at some point, both because Google needs to see that but also because at the end of the day, you want your users to come to your, 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 your audience to come to your website at some point in the journey. Just on social isn't going to be enough. And Brand Fishkin says it incredibly well. He's, he's, he's talking about this idea of saying, you know, your website is where you're going to be selling at the end of the day. You don't necessarily need to connect with people on your website right from the get-go. I was talking to Barnaby Winter, who's the brand bucket man, who's a bit weird, but um, delightful chat, very, very smart. But he was pointing out that when people come to your website, they're already, uh, he said 57%, which seems a bit, that, that's what I mean by weird. 57% is just too precise. They're 57% decided to buy with you. So you actually don't need to explain a great deal about who you are and what you do. You just need to explain to them why they should tip and become your client. 
which I thought was incredibly insightful. So 57% bit weird, but the overall concept is saying, actually, when somebody does come to your site these days, they already know most of the things they need to know about you. So re-explaining it all is actually probably not necessary. That's an interesting concept. Um, it is. Blew my mind, man. Barnaby Winter blew my mind. Well, to be fair, like it's it's one of those things whereby obviously we do push out a lot of content on social and things like that. And I'm sure lots of people listening do the same. We always make sure that obviously videos on YouTube, et cetera, always mm. do link back to, to pages. And if they're connected in any way to a blog, whatever else, we try and make sure those things right. are linked and and whatever else. But I do know for a fact that in 2019, we uh, spent some time working with a guy called Konstantinos, who's been on the show as well, and he helped us with SEO. And we focused massively on blog content. We wanted to rank for certain keywords, again, looking at different kind of sections. So we decided to target and we wrote as a team, I think at the time there was four of us, we wrote 100 blogs, like solidly written blogs in 30 days all keyword researched and uh, all kind of very specific as to what we wanted to achieve. And we pushed those out and we could say like today, our website is ranking higher for more terms than ever before. Uh, And it's still keep, it's the gift that keeps on giving almost, even not including all the other things that we've added on top of that. But, you know, we're now at a point where our website will do a couple of thousand, a good couple of thousand uh, visitors a month, which for a small agency, we're pretty chuffed with considering before that we were probably doing, couple of hundred. Um, So it makes a nice change and it makes a big bonus difference, but there's a lot more to it. And one of the messages that I got the other day was from a friend of mine who works at Google. And he basically just sent me a message like, oi, why aren't you answering me? And I was like that, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he was like that, well, you have Google my business, right? And I was like that, yeah. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, I've been messaging you on there for the last half an hour. I was like that, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through my phone, find the app, turn on notifications, because I realized that this actually allows people to message me directly from the front page of Google almost. Um, And I was like that, oh my God, like I didn't realize this was a thing. But there is so much more to it. And it is a constant ongoing process that, you know, you're never really done in terms of, I guess that's why it's called optimization as opposed to, you know, just fixing or making better. Yeah. It's a constant process, right? You need to keep up to date, which is incredibly difficult. I mean, Google My Business is a really interesting example or an interesting fact is that we think I'm an international business, therefore it's not important, but it is important because it's one thing that Google does understand about you. So it's one of the focal points of Google's collection of information about a brand is their Google My Business. So even if you're like yourself or like myself, international business, we still have a head office, that head office has a Google My Business, and that Google My Business is a way for us to inform and to communicate with Google. And also, when people search our brand name, that will pop up more often than you would expect, a way for other people to contact us and communicate with us. So that's point number one. The other point is coming back another step is to your blog content comments. Traditionally, what we do in SEO is we say, well, let's create a blog post that deals with this topic that people are searching for, my potential audience are searching for, And that will bring me first touch audience. I'm using Google for the first touch, which is great. But if you have a social media strategy, the social media is your first touch. And then what you want to do is take that content you've created for the first touch on the platform where your audience is actually hanging out and actually dealing or or communicating with you in a natural manner. 
and then repackage it. And that's what you're calling optimization. Repackages it, repackage it, sorry, on your site and then present it on Google for the second, third, fourth touch, which I love as a concept. I mean, basically, I've, I've turned it right around because I used to be SEO, let's just create it so that we can get that first touch from Google. And now I'm saying, no, actually, I now want to create it on other platforms and think about how do I repackage that for Google to be sure that Google gives me as the solution, gives me as the answer when my audience searches for that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth touch. That's a really good point, actually, because we do often misconstrue that. Like the search engine optimization is often looked at as just being that, how do I get people that are searching Mm -hmm. online to find me rather than anybody else? And we often forget, actually, that, like you said, people that you've already worked with or anything else or the amount of times, because now there isn't really a distinction in your browser between typing in a URL and Googling. Yeah. Like it's just you type. So if you just type in Social Space Inc., it's a Google search result that comes out and then you can click on us, hopefully, if you're in the right geographic location. Um, uh, But if you type in socialink.co, it'll take you straight to the website. But it is really a case of people at any point in the journey, whether they're already clients or they're thinking about becoming clients, chances are that's going to be a big chance of them of them actually connecting. I know it happens to me still today. Like sometimes I go to type Facebook and I, I oh. click enter too quickly and I end up on a Google search result because I typed in face B and it didn't auto complete. Yeah. I didn't give it a chance. Uh, and then I click on the ad, sorry, Facebook um, for, for facebook.com. And then I get finally to Facebook. So that is quite an interesting part of it that I'd never really thought of. Yeah, when we're with Facebook, I click on the ad on purpose just because it costs the money. Um, but that's me being a, a nasty human being. But if you look at that, I kind of what you're saying is yes, we need to catch up with what's happening today. And what you just described is a very, very good description of how we are as human beings. And I think brands forget that our users, our audience, act in the same way that we do, and we forget we're all human beings and that I'm frustrated as a user when I want to get to somebody's website or the login page really quickly. Um, my users will be too. My audience will be too. And kind of being empathetic to what our audience is looking to do from our own point of view, I'm explaining it very badly, but just saying treat our users as though they were ourselves. Treat other people like you would like to be treated yourself. I suppose that's what it is. And the next point is that the next step that we're kind of dipping our toe into is Google Discover. And Google Discover is this push technology where Google's actually pushing things to you that you didn't even know you wanted. And that comes back to what they were saying right at the beginning, Sergey Brin and what's-his-face, the other guy, were saying, we want to be the Star Trek machine where we tell you the solution to the problem that you didn't even know you had. And that's what they want to do. And and, uh, they're getting closer. Google Discover is a great example. What Google Discover will do is push towards its users on Android and on Chrome things that they think they would be interested in. Now, Google understands their users, what their interests are, what they've been searching for. So it's pretty easy for them to kind of say, right, okay, Jason Barnard, he's interested in digital marketing and football, let's say. The trick from a marketing point of view is to make sure that Google understands that my company offers those digital marketing pieces of content that the user would be interested in. So from your point of view, if if Google can understand that you are a social media marketing organization, 
who has useful information for me, Jason Barnard, who has been looking for that solution all around the web, it will push your solution to me in the form of Google Discover, only if it's, dis- it's, it's understood who you are, what you do, and what you have to offer, and how well it matches to what I'm actually looking for before I've actually started looking for it properly. So how can a brand or how can a business, and this isn't turning into just a workshop for me, I'm hoping other people will find this interesting as well, but how can a brand then do their best to make sure that they are covering these things? Because we all know the usual kind of, you know, making sure your title of your web pages, your search engine descriptions yeah. and metadata, et cetera. But what are the, what's the reality of it? Is it really that simple and making sure that language is as clear or is there more to it on the back end? Well, that that's part of the problem. I mean, I, I like to kind of say that Google used to be, I mean, when I was a big success with Boo Cloud, the Blue Dog and the Yellow Koala, uh, a million visits a month from Google, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. All I had to do was count the number of words in a, in a page and get loads of inbound links. Google was basically saying, there is this weighting of words in this page and there are this many links coming into this page, therefore it's relevant, therefore I'll rank it number one. So it was word counting and link counting, basically. And today, Google is aiming to understand the world in a similar manner to the way that we as humans understand the world. So it's aiming to match its understanding of you as a company to me as a client. And once you start looking at that, you're saying, well, word counting and link counting just isn't going to hack it. It needs to understand And it's got what we call a knowledge graph, which actually has an understanding. It's like an encyclopedia that's readable and understandable by machines for real use, real world usage. It's like a a human memory and brain. Um, And if it can understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, it can start to match you as a solution to its users and their problems. So just saying, oh, I'm going to write a really great meta title doesn't work anymore you need to explain in a manner that google can easily digest who you are what you do what you offer who your audience is and that means clear content clearly explaining who you are but also being very consistent and i think that's the interesting marketing aspect is that now in order to succeed in seo we have to be consistent in a manner that we really should have been for years and years and years with our audience as a general rule. So there's a big chance that anyone that was being consistent and completely authentic and just being who they were with their website and their links and their marketing and everything else probably today is better off than they have been up until now. And the people that then gamed the system, used the uh, link farms, as I remember from back in the days, um, and did all of those kind of things that were gaming it are probably suffering now, I'm guessing then? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of what we need to remember is not Google isn't there yet, but that's definitely what Google is trying to do. And it's got machine learning, which is incredibly powerful. um, And that's where it's going. So even if, um, you know, some people can still cheat the system, that's fine. Uh, That would always be the case. But even if they can, they can do it less and less consistently. And the fact of being, we come back to consistency, if you're consistently communicating who you are, what you do, what you offer, who your audience is, and communicating the fact that you bring value to Google's users, don't ever forget, your audience is a subset of Google's users. And you're asking Google to recommend you. So 
I think people tend to kind of think, oh, all these people coming from Google, they're my users. They're not. They're your audience, yes, but they're Google's users, and Google is doing you a favor by sending, it, sending them to you. Um, so what you're asking Google to do is recommend you. And uh, I wrote an article in Search Engine Journal uh, where I, I, base, I base all my strategy on three pillars, in terms of Google at least. It's that Google needs to understand in order to be able to present you as a potential solution for its problem, for their users' problems. Then it needs to think, out of the ones I have understood, you are the most credible. So understanding credibility and the content that you are providing or the solution that you're giving, if it's selling a product, is deliverable, i.e. you can fulfill the promises. So you're looking at understanding, credibility, deliverability. Everything you do, in terms of Google at least, is to do with packaging whatever it is you have on your site to fulfill understanding credibility and deliverability. Well, I uh, I think I've got a lot to go away and think about. That's for sure. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this conversation, Jason. Uh, I think there's so much that we could continue to dig into. I mean, I have so many questions still. Uh, the best thing I can do at this point is how do people find you? And I'm guessing you're going to say by typing your name into Google Wonderful. directly. You beat me. You beat me to it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. How very obvious of me. Type my name into Google. You will see I was a blue dog and now I'm a digital marketer. I like Twitter. I think Twitter's a lot of fun. Uh, LinkedIn, more professional. But c- come along to CaliCube. I mean, CaliCube is my company, CaliCube.pro. We track brand search. We track knowledge graph entries. We track Google's knowledge and understanding uh, 70,000 brands. You can add your brand for free. Uh, from my point of view, I'm offering the service for free, not because I'm generous, not even because I want to upsell a product, but because I'm interested to understand. Uh, I really, really love my rabbit hole. Um, and the, the, the more people who come down my rabbit hole, as it were, the better. So for anyone that's going to be looking for this, it's CaliCube, spelled K-A-L-I-Cube dot pro. Uh, I've just gone to Google it. And obviously I use the way of using uh, all things with Jason is to Google it and make sure that he's (laughs) top of the results, which of course he is. Um, But this has been absolutely fantastic. And I think I'd probably be safe to say in a few months time, we might even ask you to come back on and we can get a little bit more in depth in one particular area because There's just too many questions that I have currently in my mind. uh, And I also have to go away and desperately work on this. So the next time you see me, I have improved. No, 100%. It's nuts, isn't it? It's astonishing how quickly the rabbit hole kind of swallows you up. And the other interesting thing is in a few months, I will have learned some more things. So, you know, I mean, the whole thing is me learning, me sharing, and, and more people down this rabbit hole. Please come and join me. Fantastic. Jason, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, man. That was wonderful, Chris. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.com socialinc.co